It's the supernatural hour. Hello, everyone. This is Bishop E.O. Ansa, General Overseer, Kingdom Life Ministry. This is your hour of healing, deliverance, restoration, and breakthrough. Remember, no problem is too large for God's intervention, and no person is too small for God's attention. We are going to tackle the subject, the seven benefits of the cross. The seven benefits of the cross. This is the time of acquiring the knowledge, studying to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We plead the blood today upon the program. We plead the blood over our audience. We declare that the revelation of God will connect to your spirit, to your mind, and to your heart. That today the blood will issue benefits to your life. And the devil will continually be a liar. Jesus Christ was crucified on the Mount of Golgotha and Calvary. Golgotha means the place of the skull. Calvary is the Latin version of Golgotha. We do believe that this location comes under Mount Moriah. We do believe that Abraham was going to sacrifice his beloved son Isaac, a miracle son, same as God, sacrificing his son Jesus on the same mount. God is a mighty designer. And today, we want to talk of the benefits of the cross, seven of them. And we know you are ready for us to celebrate the cross. The cross represents sacrifice. The cross represents suffering. The cross represents salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. The cross represents redemption. The cross is important to the believer. The cross is a slayer of demonic powers because the cross made a public show of the principalities and powers. And today, we reap the benefits of that cross. It is not enough to just have a cross as a symbol, a cross as a chain. It is enough to know the cross in your heart. Hallelujah. Now, number one, benefit at the cross prophecy was fulfilled hallelujah why prophecy fulfilled because jesus knew 
that he was going to die that way. He chose to die that way so shamefully and disgracefully because he knew he ought to be a curse and a cursed thing so that we will become a blessing. He ought to die that shameful death so that glory will come to the people who believe in him. Jesus was the son of man that laid down his life in order to take it back. In fact, in Matthew chapter 26, the verses of 1 and 2, Pastor Asante, let's read that. Now it came to pass. Now it came to pass. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days in the past is the Passover. After two days is the Passover. And the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Look at that. And the Son of Man will be delivered up to be what? So Jesus was not taken by surprise. Mm. Jesus was not taken unawares. Mm. He knew exactly what will define his death. The crucifixion which was the Roman's way of making someone who was a criminal or an offense maker. It was the Roman way of killing that person to serve as a deterrent or as an example to other criminals or to other offense makers so that they will now be deterred. They will be afraid to do the same thing. So Jesus knew that he will suffer death that way. In fact, you read the Psalm of 22. You read Psalm 22, you will see that the same was Jesus saying, my God, my God, why hast thou persecuted me? And when on the day of Pentecost, Peter was delivering that charismatic Pentecostal evangelistic speech after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, Peter said, this Jesus, man of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Now listen, verse 23, Acts chapter 2, him being delivered by the determined purpose and for knowledge of God. So Peter is saying God had predetermined and God foreknew about the death of Jesus Christ. I am happy because I don't have a savior who accidentally fell into the hands of the enemy, but he knew what he was going to do as part of the redemption plan for mankind. Amen. At the cross number two, Jesus took your place. Hallelujah. Pastor Santi, let's have a supporting scripture so that we glean the benefits today. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his his own love toward us. That's it. In that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. Christ died for us. So he died in our place. Yes. The substitutionary death. Yes. And that is why in Mark chapter 15, yes. when they were asked, Pilate asked Barabbas yes. or Jesus, who do I deliver up to you? Yes. And they said, free ba- Barabbas. Free Barabbas. By asking Barabbas to be freed, it means the real criminal, you and I, the real sin maker and offense maker, we were the ones to be punished, but by divine order, the Savior took our place so that you and I will be free. Oh, let's clap for Jesus Christ. At the cross, number three, at the cross, the third benefit, Jesus took our case. He took our case. He took your case. And he took my case. Let us see the case mandate. The case that was against us, Jesus took it upon himself. Therefore, we are free. And when we read Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14, Christ has been made what? A curse for us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having been made a curse for us. Because it is written, curse is him that is hanged on a tree. So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And so Christ took our curse. Therefore, the curse of the law, which means when we break the law of God or the word of God, the punishment that is supposed to come on us, that punishment Christ has taken on. And so all the cases in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and all the cases in the written word of God, all of them, they've been blotted out and they've been wiped out so that you and I can now walk in the blessing of Abraham. Provision has been made for us. So when we know it, the truth we know shall set us free. Oh, the truth we know shall set us free. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, my God. Now, number four, at the cross, Jesus was clothing you was covering your nakedness so that you will suffer no more shame. You know why? They now gambled on his garment. Hallelujah. And by the gambling over his garment, he was now naked on the cross. And by his nakedness, you and I are clothed. Hallelujah. Now, Mark 15, 24. That's it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to, de- to determine what every man should take. That is it. So yes. they gambled upon his clothing. Yes. And prophetically, it was spoken of in Psalm, Psalm 22, 22. Yes. the verse of 18. 18. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready to read that for us? They divide my garments among them 
and for my clothing they cast lots. They divided my garment among yes, them, yes. and for my clothing they yes. cast lots. Yes. A thousand years before Jesus will ever come to minister on planet earth, King David by prophetic insight had prophesied that they will gamble over his garment so that you and I shall now be clothed in glory and honor. Hallelujah. When you read Isaiah chapter 61, the verse of 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, says the prophet. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Somebody said amen. So that is another benefit. Benefit number five. At the cross, Jesus was tearing the heaven open for you. The heaven was torn open. Hallelujah. My goodness. And then the holies and the holies of holies were now all leveled up so that you and I can commune with God. Where high priests only stood for once a year. Now you and I are standing there with God every day. Every hour. Every minute. Every second. What a wonderful God we serve. Now let's hear the reading of the supporting scripture. Mark 15, 38. Mark 15, 38. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. From top to, to bottom, bottom means that somebody higher was doing the tearing apart. No human being's hand could have reached the top of the curtains. Hallelujah. By the height of the temple, but by the hand of God, the temple curtain was torn into two. So that there was no difference. There was no more difference between the holies and the holy of holies. So you and I can now be where the ark of the covenant is. You and I can make contact with the mercy seat. You and I can now carry the spirit of God that represents God himself. This blood of Jesus is an amazing blood. It is a key for evangelism. To tell the whole world, to be a friend of God, you've got to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. No religion in this world can have this privilege. Jesus, we give you praise on this special day for what you have done for us. That me who was considered unholy is now holy. Hallelujah. By the sanctifying of your blood, I now have a place with God to share fellowship with him for him to live within me. By your blood, my nature, my flesh, my body has become a temple because the blood sanctifies me to befit God's throne room of grace. Therefore, let us come before his throne of grace with confidence to receive grace and mercy to help us in time of our need. Why? Because no longer should you consider yourself a sinful person, but you are what? The righteousness of God. By reason 
of the atonement of his blood. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. My God, my God, my God, my God. At the cross, we were united with him. Mm. Even though he was the only one on that cross, mm. Bible said we inherited the sins of Adam because we were in him mm. when he sinned. Mm. We were all considered what sinners. That is why you don't have to teach a child how to lie or how to steal or how to do evil or wrong because we were born sinful by hereditary by nature even so is Jesus Christ the second Adam or the last Adam by reason of his redemption plan has made us righteous in him hallelujah so just as we were sinful by nature and by birth through Adam even so we are what righteous by nature through Jesus Christ Hallelujah. Romans, so, go ahead. Romans 6, the verses 5 to 8. Uh-huh. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Woo! certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. Woo! That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Hallelujah. Amen. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are united with him on the cross and we have identified with his suffering just by faith in Jesus. We have done the trip, the journey of suffering with him. Therefore, we shall suffer no more. Amen. Because we have done the journey of the bearing of sin with him. We are no longer sinners and we are no longer prone or slaves to sin, but we have inherited the rope of righteousness. Hallelujah. By this unity, we know for sure that we are also going to resurrect with him. And so we have been united with him at his death. We shall be united with him at his resurrection. What does it mean? We will inherit eternal life. And we will forever live with him. This is a great benefit that we ought to know that we have been crucified with Christ. I now understand why Paul said I have been crucified with Christ. Uh, The life I live now is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. My God, my God. Hallelujah. The last but not the least benefit of the cross. At the cross, we now cross over to paradise. Yes. At the cross, we cross over to paradise. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you a criminal in scripture who believed on the death row while he was going to die. Seconds after his death, he now engaged his belief in Christ Jesus and was offered the opportunity to shine in paradise. And so we too, when we have believed in Jesus Christ and made our confession, 
person and walked with him. Therefore, we too will end up in paradise. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now go ahead. Luke 23, the verses 39 to 43. Uh-huh. Then one of the criminals mm. who were hanged blasphemed him. Blasphemed him? Yes. If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. What? But the other answering <coughs> rebuked him, saying, <coughs> Do you not even fear God? <coughs> Seeing you are under the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, <coughs> but for we received the due reward of our deeds. <coughs> but this man has done nothing wrong. My God. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, Jesus, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, And Jesus said to him, I said to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Assuredly, I say to you, today, not tomorrow, today you shall be with me in what? Paradise. Therefore, don't be deceived by the body of Jesus that was hung on the cross. His soul and spirit was making a continuation of a journey. That is what happens to everybody that exits this life. You don't exit with your spirit dead or your soul dead. Why? The soul and the spirit, they never die. So man is an eternal being living in a more body in a temporary world. Are you hearing me? So we have an eternal God living in an eternal kingdom sending his eternal son into this world to an eternal man trapped in a mortal body and then living in a temporary world. Oh my God, eternity you will spend. It depends whether you will spend it in heaven or spend it in hell. Because your body must not deceive you. It's just your earthly suit that allows you contact in this world. Hallelujah. But ideally, the true you is spirit and is soul. Hallelujah. And so Jesus was saying to the guy, listen, you will be with me in paradise. Not that I will be the only one to go into paradise and I will see how to sort you out. Jesus knew that the guy's spirit and soul were also eternal. That they were leaving the body behind. But the spirit will continue in a journey. But you will not go to hell, says Jesus. Oh, you won't be like your other friend. I am between two criminals. The other criminal has blown it because he did not see that I am the savior of the world. Hallelujah. But you point three points. You, number one, you recognize that I am the true son of God and that I don't deserve this punishment. Number two, you realize that I have a kingdom. Hallelujah. That my kingdom is not of this world because this world is passing away. This world is temporary. My kingdom is permanent and I came to do a work to enroll people into my kingdom because you have recognized because you have realized because you have known that 
I have the kingdom. Number two, you now will qualify. Number three is that you are now asking me, the king of the kingdom, to remember you. Hallelujah. By so doing, you know that I have the right, I have the legal right, I have the heavenly right to accommodate who has believed in me and to accommodate who I will have mercy on and to accommodate who I desire to save. Hallelujah. For that matter, today, you and I will find ourselves in paradise. It's the supernatural hour. Hello, everyone. This is Bishop E.O. Ansa, General Overseer, Kingdom Life Ministry. This is your hour of healing, deliverance, restoration, and breakthrough. Remember, no problem is too large for God's intervention, and no person is too small for God's attention.